evening, Patriots, and it is still Tuesday, March 1st, in the year 2022. 1st of March. You know, I forgot to mention in the previous show, but we just crossed 22 million downloads. Just did that yesterday. 22 million downloads. That's absolutely incredible. I'll announce it tomorrow as well. That's a huge benchmark, so thank you all very much. Pretty awesome. So tonight we're going to dig into a little bit of Paul and uh, kind of go a little bit with him and kind of reflect a lot of where we are and an increasing level of separation. And I would say equally a frustration that's showing up with all of us in just watching this insanity of people once again racing off these cliffs of drama and just not having an anchor with God to stop them. Before we begin tonight, mypillow.com, mypillow.com forward slash bards is the Bards Nation landing page. Your promo code is bards, B A R D S. You can also call the 800 number, 800 975 2939, and talk to a real person. Those are Patriot Pillow counselors there. And you can use your promo code BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, as well. There's a bunch of great savings going on right now. And MyPillow, Giza sheets for as low as $39.99. MyPillows are just way, way, way reduced. They're awesome, too. I've got to get another one. And we've got comforters and sheets and blankets and his and her sleepwear. Huge savings. My slippers, 50% off. And all of this is the advantage of buying from direct from a company, direct from Mike Lindell's company to you. No middleman. He's had to cut those out since they tried to deplatform him and stop my pillow so many times, cancel him. Mike just outwitted him and went direct to us. So, again, your dollars are a major vote in this fight and in this war. Don't forget that. And as your dollars are used wisely, we should be administering our dollars towards companies that align with our values and what putting God first. And that's my pillow very seriously. So head on over to mypillow.com or head over to mypillow.com forward slash bards. Check out the great savings. Use your promo code B A R D S anywhere on the Frank speech site, the my pillow site or the, my store site for amazing savings. And knowing that when you spend a dollar there, it's going to go for the fight of Liberty. Expedition Coffee, X-P-E-D, ExpeditionCoffee.com is the Bards Nation branded coffee. It's the coffee for our time that's part of a whole health ecosystem. It's a coffee designed to give you a boost of energy and a sustained energy across the entire day and integrate with other products to help reclaim our health sovereignty. Those other products include the Gut Health Triad, which is Helps heal and seal your gut. Leaky gut is one of the major problems of our health. We also have Immune XP, which is an immune booster based on pine cone extract. Also Earth, which is a full body nutrient powder. Mix it with water, drink it like a shake. It's all the nutrient base your body needs for the whole day. And then Pure 47, which is one of the most refined silver extracts on the market that it can isolate so many of the pathogens that we're dealing with right now and keep your body safe and your immune system strong. So all of this works together to give you an incredible strength in your immune system. And 
pretty much if you follow all this, about the only thing you may need, depending on your diet, is a bit of vitamin C and zinc. But other than that, this will handle just about everything, especially in this bio war we're in. So you can find all that at Expedition, X-P-E-D, ExpeditionCoffee.com. So this time right we're all experiencing, and I, I've said this in, you know, I know I said it in the previous show and probably even talked about it some today in Bended Knee. Which, by the way, if you haven't been going to Bend and Knee, I would encourage you. I think it's an awesome get-together of patriots across the country and the world coming together every day at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern. And that's designed to get us all in prayer at once. And we pray every day at 1.11 p.m. And that's Monday through Saturday, unless otherwise noted, but Monday through Saturday. And I say that because of Saturdays or maybe some Saturdays upcoming that I'm going to have to wave off, but we'll know in advance just because of schedules. So the frustration I think we're all feeling is pretty clear. And I would say it's the inverse of what is said in Romans eight thirty eight nine. For I am convinced that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. We understand that. And as we've anchored ourselves in this place of really seeking that intimacy with Christ and that intimacy with Father, those words mean a lot because that's what has been our ability to weather a lot of this storm, a lot of this judgment, a lot of this hatred, and still have a heart for Christ to be able to reproach the world without anger and vengeance. And that's a powerful thing to say. What we're seeing a lot of right now is an increasing level of frustration, and we're all feeling it. And it's important that we find some moments to laugh and have a bit of laughter with it. But the fact is that with Ukraine, people once again lost their minds. So I want to begin by just kind of putting some of this in context for everybody to appreciate what's happened. I, I'm I'm open just to say that I'm I have been stunned at how ridiculous people are. I've I've used a lot more words than that. The fact is that this is a byproduct of years of deprogramming. And what we're actually witnessing are those that have not found an intimate place in faith. And it doesn't say, I mean, we're seeing people that go to church that are being pulled into this. And I argue that a lot of that is that they don't, they haven't gotten past the pew. They're still meeting Christ in the pew, which is not Christ in the world. And as we're out here seeking Christ every day, trying to put Christ before us, build that relationship to Christ to the Father, those are intimate relationships that we're trying to build, each one pursuing it as we can and then collectively doing it together as we can. The problem with a lot of the pew-type approach to faith is that it's once every week. It's the checkup. It's the drive-through. It's the quick drive-by. And Christ doesn't work like that. Christ is a constant and interactive experience of building a deep relationship and with that, a deep relationship with our Father. So when you don't have that, it's very easy to be pulled away by the fear and the panic. Though people won't necessarily call it that. They'll you know, they'll try to give you facts as to why things are going on, try to paint the picture for you as to what's going to happen next and where we're all going to be. 
like the end of the world, it's going to go nuclear, whatever. And that's playing right into the hands of the enemy because it is a dangerous walk when people start doing that. And when we start doing that, people are using the gift that God gave us, which is literally, okay, so let me back up just so I'm clear with this. In my opinion, because this is not, I'm going to refer to scripture, but this isn't like something was given to me, but this is how I see it. In my opinion, we are using one of the greatest gifts that God gave us, which is literally faith enough to move mountains from here to there. So that's faith of a mustard seed. And the problem with that is when it's misused or misdirected or driven by fear, it can move mountains. I'm just not, I believe it can move mountains in the wrong way. And I think life swings that way. I don't think everything is determined. A lot of what happens within faith is that we get a place where people just kind of believe that once it's, you know, once we get saved, everything is cool. And that's just not the case. Let me, I don't know if I can play this right now. I wonder if I can. Yeah, I think I can. I want to play this. It's a 20, like a 24 second clip. It's, I, it's kind of goofy, but just listen to this jingle a little bit. I gave my life, I got Jesus on my side Tell my sins goodbye, let the devil run and hide I'm free, no defeat, I proclaim my victory Till the end of time Okay, so that that's, plays nice, I mean, honestly And it's it sounds all good But the fact of the matter is that we know that An intimacy with the Father is not just like quick I get saved, I get dunked in the tank and all's good that it's a, it's a persistent work and walk with Father to try to bring us that intimacy and that reward of being within the body of Christ. So it's something that when people, when I refer to more of the pew approach to this, it is there's a, an approach and an aspect to this that we forget the challenges, and that is it's said in, in, in Scripture, narrow gate, wide gate few will find the narrow gate. And that's because it's a hard work to pursue that. And as we have held through the storm, and I, I tip my hat to everybody that has managed to endure this in the many different aspects that it's taken. Some have split families. Some, many, all of us at one point or another, all of us have lost friends or family. Uh, we've had people who have had deaths in the family because of this shot. They've lost jobs. Some have lost homes. They've lost their livelihoods. I mean, this has not been an easy walk. But bless us all and bless you all, both said, that have endured this walk and not given in. And that's where we, when we talk about this idea that, well, you know, my sins are forgiven, all is good. Yeah, but, and I'm going to put a big old but on that one, that walk towards Father is a hard walk, and it's a difficult path, and we feel it. And this is where the intimacy with Christ is so important because it's through there that we can be, we can reclaim a lot of who we are 
by un- releasing some of the burdens that we carry. The problem we have right now when we witness the world is we've been through this difficult walk, and it's really it's cleansing by fire. It's baptismal by fire. And Father is refining us and has refined us. And, I, and anyway, I want to be very careful because in no way should we ever assume arrogance like somehow we're great because we can fall. All of us can fall. We know that. But it's the persistence and diligence that we continue to pursue through the fire to refine us. And, to, and ultimately, that's the remnant. That's the trademark of the remnant which is in spite of everything, we haven't wavered. And it's not that we haven't stumbled, because I think everybody at one moment or another stumbles. But the difference between stumbling and like wavering and falling off the path are two different things. And so when we sit here now, we have been refined. And it's very difficult to look back and say, okay, like, you all are falling for this Ukraine thing? Are you serious? And yet it's very eye-opening for me, and I, I would hope so for you, to realize how many people are still completely controlled by the information streams that are being pumped into them. So that's, again, what's the core of a lot of this? Years of programming. So remember, I, I've mentioned this before, and it's the toilet paper issue that always kind of perks me up. We laugh at it. But it's actually very distressing when you look at all the hoarding of toilet paper that went on. Not because people are hoarding toilet paper. I could care less. You want to hoard toilet paper? Good on you. Everybody better have a few rolls, though, tell you. Because there's nothing like running out of toilet paper. You're going to be using corn cobs or something, and you better be having corn. Otherwise, it's going to be a little difficult moment. And I would not recommend corn cobs. But the whole deal with the toilet paper thing is that it was a trigger. And in my estimation, and I'm just being candid on this, I mean, there's, I, can't, I will say it this way, I can't prove this, but I can prove it by inference. The speed at which that happened and the, the distance and geography in which it covered. So typically when we deal with a reaction, like somebody will start something and then it'll move through a group and it'll take some time. If you're around a panic environment, the group where the panic starts within the group will spread like a virus. But if you're not related to that group, you typically don't get touched by that panic. This somehow touched everybody almost simultaneously across the country. And it was fanned by the media, which gives me additional suggestion that this was some sort of a test run to see what type of control they had over people. Maybe they were using frequency. Most likely they were using deep trigger words that had already been planted in many people's deep psyche. That's a version of MKUltra. And so we're, we're witnessing again an effect of this type of programming. When people started to wake up and see Canada, and, see, and Canada was waking up to see itself as a unified mass, notice how quickly this thing lit off in Ukraine. And we can talk a lot about whether Putin's on the good side or bad side, whether he's part of the cabal, not part of the cabal. I'm not really interested. I just know that the biggest argument is that we don't have any business in Ukraine and we definitely have accountability to demand accountability from our government of why there's 11 bioweapons labs there, why we've dumped in $5.4 billion into a country that is, by definition, neo-Nazi, And let's talk about those kids and those orphanages that seem to be flowing in and out of that country like water flows from a faucet. 
And that's not even to touch on the fact of the money laundering issue. So there's all sorts of issues there that put us in the bad light. There's also this other kind of hairily suspicious issue, which I just, I was learning tonight. And the president of Belarus, which is a very good friend of Russia, refused to put his country under lockdown, refused to accept a $900 million bribe from World Bank. And the World Bank did to Belarus exactly what they're doing to Russia right now. So again, I'm, I'm being very cautious on casting shade on Putin and Russia, especially with our hands so deep in this cookie jar of guilt. But you notice how quickly people have launched at Putin, very much like they went after the, the mask, very much how they bought into that narrative, very much how they bought into the whole toilet paper thing. Those are deep triggers. And some of the deep trigger around Putin's pretty easy to, to devise. They built the Russia-Russia narrative under Trump for four years and don't think it's unrelated to what's going on now. It's a deep programming that they put into people to get people to respond. So from our perspective, when we walk in Romans, and I'm going to read it again, for I am convinced that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's Romans 8, 38, 39. Those are powerful words that I think that we can resonate very well in this community. And it gives us an ability to see clearly, and yet it also gives us that moment of frustration, it's like, what is wrong with these people? And that's where we have to work very diligently of not letting our frustration overwhelm us to the point where we aren't willing to help. I, I can make snarky comments and I can say people are stupid, and I do. And I'm not saying, like I'm a, I'm not saying I have a special right to it. I mean, I will say I say people are stupid because they are. And I can say people are brainwashed because they are. And... I can say that a lot of these actions are retarded. And when I say all those things, I also know that I can sit before father. And if he says, go forth and heal these people, I'll go forth and heal them. So a lot of what you hear here, and I'm transparent with my frustrations because it's stunning to me. It is literally stunning how quickly people walk away from God and how quickly they walk into the traps of media. And that always goes back to the same thing. And I asked the question, and I've asked it here for probably two years now. When you do that, what is your true relationship with Christ? I mean, how do you possibly succumb to that and walk away from God if you say you have a relationship with God? And the answer is you don't have a real good relationship with God. I'm not saying you don't have one. It's just not grounded, and it definitely isn't intimate. And you definitely haven't experienced God in a way that God is a living part of your life. So as we walk this path and seek that intimacy with Father and that seek that intimacy with Christ, those are amazing walks. And it's a beautiful thing to see so many pursuing that. And equally, it's again, it's a shared frustration that we have as we look across and we're like, what in the heck is wrong with this stuff going over here? It's like the, the, the insane are running the zoo. 
Let's dig in a little bit to Ephesians 3. For this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of of Christ Jesus, for the sake of you Gentiles, if indeed you have heard of the stewardship of God's grace, which was given to me for you, that by revelation there was made known to me the mystery, as I wrote before in brief. By referring to this, you, when you read, you can understand my insight into the mystery of Christ, which is in other generations was not made known to the sons of men. And it, is, and it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets in the spirit, to be specific, that the Gentiles are fellow heirs and fellow members of the body and fellow partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel, of which I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace, which was given to me according to the working of his power. I just want to stop there for a minute. I want you just to reflect a little bit there and realize that a lot of where we each have is this opportunity that God is extending to us to be those ministers of of the kingdom. And it doesn't matter whether you have two people, five people, 100 people, 1,000 people in your circle. We have a calling and a must to speak God's word and to bring the kingdom alive with as many as we can. And the most important thing is to bring the light. Not everybody's going to race to embracing Christ. But at least if we can get eyes turning towards the cross, turning towards Christ, to understand the power of what's going on here, we're making big inroads. And the beautiful thing is it's I don't think it's that hard to do right now. I think any other time in life it would have been it's miserable. But the most amazing thing about what's happening with God right now and his way he's working is even though people are hard-headed at times, they're ain't drilled into this narratives of fear, understand as well that fear is such an agitator that people and their whole body system, their psyche, everything, are looking for a way out to reprieve themselves from the constant overload of fear. If we aren't reaching into people to offer them that way out, they will seek one, and it's not to our benefit or to God's benefit because part of that seeking the solution is what we've already gone through once in this, and that is there is literally a cognitive snap that occurs within people, a cognitive break, and the subconscious literally accepts the the alt-reality, the fictional reality as reality, simply to calm the nerves and to dissipate the fear that's overwhelming in the neurochemicals and the body system. So if we're offering something to people at this critical time and it's an opportunity to meet Christ, to get to know Christ, to bring Christ into your living life, to bring Christ and Father together in this experience, we're giving them the greatest cure they could ever have and we're bringing them back from the abyss even if they did snap before with this mask thing and fear thing. This is an amazing time to retrieve people. And it's, it's something that I'm putting out here because we should be working overtime to try to reach people. And remember what I said, not everybody is, we're not reaching everybody. And I went to a Jeep shop. I mean, I've been doing a lot of work on my Jeep lately. And so I went by and I'm getting the Jeep re-geared. So I went by the, the shop today. And this is what struck me. It was very odd. I mean, this shop has got some really souped up Jeeps, cool Jeeps. Mine's clean. It's nothing super fancy. 
but there's a guy outside and I, I can, I'm just going to, it wasn't even a conversation about anything other than he's like, dude, that's a beautiful looking Jeep. And, and I appreciate the compliment, but this is what struck my heart when he said that. It's like, I immediately said, I said, father, what is he seeing? This is what I asked him inside my head and my thoughts. What is he seeing? Because I'm looking at some pretty awesome Jeeps inside the shop. What is he seeing in my humble Jeep? And I, 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 what was put on my heart is light. And see, I think this is how we, if we're really interacting, we don't have to be like, dude, I'm here to take you to Christ. Touch this hand on the Bible and bless you, bless you. It isn't like that. I had a neat conversation with him. I kind of laughed because I just put new tires on and they couldn't put the tire on the rear rear tire mount because it's the tires are a little bit bigger. And we were laughing about that and, and how these things, these adjustments are just a pain in the tail when you have to work with them and with the tire mounts. So, you you know, I, had a, I have to get that rigged up and the new bumper in the back is not on. And I was kind of laughing about that. And all these things that should draw your attention away from a Jeep because, dude, it's just, it's a great looking Jeep. And we laughed a bit and I said, hey, God bless. And he's like, God bless. And I'm going to, they're going to do the work on my Jeep in a, in a few weeks. And I walked away going, that was a father engagement. And I know it was because it was what was on my heart. It was light. It was like something he was seeing. I'm telling you, I mean, I love my Jeep. Don't get me wrong. And I'm, and I'm not in any way bragging about it, but I just love my Jeep. But I don't think he was seeing the Jeep. I think he was seeing that love that Christ brings into the world and the relationship he had to it was something that caught his eye, which was the Jeep. That's to me when father's working the best because he's not saying to you, he's not saying, okay, now I need you to go door knocking. And when you go door knocking, I need you to say this to everybody. You're going to hell if you don't get your tail to church and you don't accept Christ right now. That doesn't usually sell well, just so I say it. And as a guy who's slammed the door on a few people like that, it definitely doesn't sell well. But when you're having these casual conversations and father's present and we're inviting father in with us, what a glorious experience because this litter can be just an experience that we have and it can be anything. You can be on your bike, you can be walking in the park, you can be sitting in a restaurant, enjoying your cup of coffee. But if we're living in a place where we're truly happy and loving, that is like a magnet for people. And that overcomes darkness and that overcomes evil. And it just it just smacks down on people in such a beautiful way that God's right there going, okay, <laughs> doors opened. Good job, my faithful servant. Now I'm going to get to work. And that's kind of what's happened. So we'll continue with this. To me, this is, uh, we're at now Ephesians 3, 8. To me, the very least of all saints... This grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unfathomable riches of Christ and to bring to light what is the admiration of the mystery which for ages has been hidden in God who created all things so that the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known through the church to the rulers and the authorities in the heavenly places. This was in accordance with the eternal purchase, purpose 
which he carried out in Christ Jesus, our Lord, in whom we have boldness and confident access through faith in him. Therefore, I ask you not to lose heart at my tribulations on your behalf, for you are, for they are your glory. And I love that piece to whom we have, in whom we have boldness and confident access through faith in him. And I think that's a lot of the interactions that we, if we frame ourselves these days with that sort of mindset, the boldness and confident access through faith in Christ Jesus as we're walking, I think it's a powerful thing to to bring into the world. And I think that's how these interactions begin to happen because we're not seeking. And I told you what yesterday, I guess, about the guy that just comes up to the Jeep and we started talking about winches. I didn't know who he was. We had a fantastic conversation. And it was just a conversation. But it's not a text conversation. It's not a phone conversation. It's not a video conference text conversation or a Zoom call. It's a face-to-face conversation. And we shook hands. That's what we're talking about here. And in the end, we're talking about building this kingdom one by one. And if we think about what Christ really did, is Christ was doing that sort of face-to-face interactions. He sure as heck wasn't surfing the internet, dumping his his proverbs and his wisdom on Telegram. He was out in the world doing the ministry, just like Paul was here. Let me continue. 3.14, for this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner man, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is in the breadth and length and height and depth. That's four dimensions, by the way. I find that fascinating. And to know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge, and that you may be filled up to all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think, according to the power that works within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. So much in that worship of Paul. And it is so much centered on the fact that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith and that you being grounded, being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what the breadth, the length and height and depth is. So there's four dimensions, which are pretty awesome. And to know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled up to the fullness of God. In that place, when you're walking there, you don't even have to speak words. And I think that's ultimately what the last few days have reminded me of very profoundly, and Father has, and just something to share here is that there were no words initially spoken on either of these conversations I've mentioned here. 
both of them ironically centered around my Jeep. That's a story in itself of how the Jeep came to be, how father led me there, all that sort of stuff. But it, I don't, it's a mechanism. And God uses anything he can to bring people closer to him. And if we're walking truly in the joy and the love of Christ, something's drawing people in. And two people who I don't know, I've had two conversations with, which did not center specifically on God. Both conversations, like I said, felt as though there was a powerful centering of Christ within all of those, even though that wasn't spoken of. But two people were drawn to a Jeep, which I see as unfinished and they see as cool in one way or another. And obviously the one guy who could see that my winch was a specific size versus his, it caught his attention immediately and there was a common conversation. So when we start to look at the randomness and we ask ourselves, okay, Father, what are you asking of me? As I did, the best thing I could say at the end of all this, which was an unrelated thing, was God bless. And that there to me is how we can move that close, that step closer to Christ. Sometimes it's as simple as a couple of words. God bless. We are trying to move people closer to Christ. And in the end, we have to, if we're living and walking in the body of Christ and feeling that joy and that love, we are the magnet. We are the lamp on the hill. We are the things that they will seek. And that's in pure daylight, by the way. There's no darkness settled in. In fact, there's a lot of very upbeat feeling in my town right now because the masters of the universe are now pulling back these mandates. And it's a false narrative, but nonetheless, people are getting getting tired of them and they're seeking. And the other thing is they're seeking conversation. And this is kind of where I want to close this tonight because I think it's important to realize 18 months of this lockdown, 18 months of two, two weeks to flatten the curve, 18 months of lying, 18 months of gagging yourself and breathing in your own air and getting in the fibers in your lungs and your brain and whatever else for those that have been doing it. There's an exhaustion that is settled in and an emptiness that is surrounding them. The fear around COVID is dissipating. That's why the fear around Ukraine is now being pumped. And after Ukraine, it will be something else. Alien invasion, bank collapse. They're trying the threat of nuclear war right now, which I think will pass. I'm just going to say it will pass. And if I'm wrong, then we'll all, you'll look at me and go, you're glowing. And I'm like, yeah, no, sir, I was wrong. But the, the whole thing is that people are tired. And there is a lot moving on. And they're looking for hope. They're looking for joy more than anything. And that joy is the relationship with Christ. And if we're able to walk in all of this, when they have been beat down, they've been injected, they have been gagged, they have lived through these fear narratives, and they look around and they see somebody who's just happy. And it's not like you're dancing around a tree. It's not like you're, you're smiling and laughing. Maybe you are. Maybe you're just being you, just in the moment. But in your heart, you're happy. People see that. You know, they say the eyes are the gateway to the soul. They are. And 
But what's what's a heart that's happy? A heart that's happy is pumping out unbelievable things that we can't see but people can feel. And if we're joyous and we're just settled there, we are the opportunity for people to come and meet us, to greet us, to talk to us, as long as we're approachable. And that's the important thing. And at the end, that is part of, that's the entire reason we're here. To bring people closer to Christ, to occupy the land and expand the kingdom. This is a spiritual war. And I and so we kind of go back to the beginning. As our frustrations have mounted, let us not forget that many out here don't know the way to Christ. Many out here don't know any other way than fear or anger or hatred. It's not that they're bad people. It's they don't know another way. And in a bipolar world where everything is binary, A, B, one, zero, it's easy to get snared in that trap of opposites. You're either happy or you're mad. You're either angry or you're elated. Right? And you're either sad or you're calm. And these opposites that are always swinging us to completely remove us from the infinity, infant, infant, infinity, infinity. There we're trying to can't even talk from the infinity of what we are in our soul. We can be so much and so much greater. And when we approach that place, we become that light that they truly need. And so I think that there's a, there is a master hand going on right now by God to swing this pendulum back and forth. And each time he does, a few more fall off and they walk towards Christ and we need to be there. But we also need to be reaching in and looking for those that are getting worn out. They're, they're on the cusp. They're just like, man, I'm tired of this. And seize those opportunities just to have a conversation. It's amazing what you can do when you break bread. So I'm going to close with a story. One I may have been, I may have told these before, but I think it's worthy again now. So there is a place in southern Afghanistan called Maywand, and Maywand was constantly under fire. And it, a special forces team lost one of their guys to an IED. I was down there working in that area right after that. So I won't get into all the intricacies because there's a lot of in-between story that's pretty profound, but I had negotiated a treaty with the locals and to get them on board. And it wasn't really in my authority to negotiate the treaty, but I was like, I don't care, I'm doing it anyway. And I, I got a lot of, there's two sides. The American side, which is like pointing fingers going, they're not doing what we're saying. And the Afghan side pointing over going, they're not doing what we're saying. So I sat down with the head guy, the Taliban, who was a parliament member, and he was, who had recently assumed that role. He was from the area of Maywand. It's in the south near Helmand province, on the border of Helmand and, and Kandahar province. Big trade and traffic area. And... We sat down, and his name, he went in English. He was known as Hero Jabbar. 
And I said to him, we need to resolve this. And he did this thing. He got all upset. You guys aren't doing your thing, doing my thing. So I said, look, let's just be clear. I need you to write this out in, in what you need, write it and sign it and translate it to English and sign it with witnesses. And all of this was accomplished with some pretty heated conversation. But the beauty of having heated conversation when you're having rice and goat and bread, you're breaking bread literally, is the food's good. <laughs> and that always tempers it, tempers emotions. But the thing is, we were able to agree that that was the right next step. And the most amazing thing that happened then is once that was signed and I was able to bring it back and I had a commander, an amazing special forces commander I have so much respect for. And he stepped in, Colonel Riga, amazing man. He said, let's make this happen, Scott. So we followed what was requested of us. We delivered on our side the Afghans delivered on their side. And you know what's amazing? As silly as some of the things that were requested seemed, because they were, but they worked. And the end, by having a conversation, by having a difficult conversation and sharing bread, breaking bread together literally, but talking it through, for one year, we created peace in a region that had not seen peace for probably 20 years. That's the power of when we talk and listen and let God in. It's that simple. So let God in and let God use you in amazing ways to administer, to minister to the people and to share the word of the kingdom. Be the steward as God wants for each engagement and each encounter so that we can move the kingdom forward because we all now have a huge responsibility and it's important and people are in need. Remember, as I say, repeat the quote so often from the Irish prime minister, never will so much be asked by, of so few by so many. Great quote. And we're there. We're here now. It's just a question. Are we willing to step into the batter's box, so to speak, and go live. I am. I think most of us are, and it's time that we do. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you're blessed in this time to have the challenges put before us to truly transform a world. And we know, Lord, that there are so many wandering, so many confused, so many wrapped in emotion and anxiety once again being played and manipulated by the very people that we should trust, but we know that we can't. Lord, as we walk in this path as stewards, as disciples, ministering the kingdom, the word of the kingdom, guide us to these encounters, Lord, that we can actually make a difference. And it doesn't have to be anything more than what you ask of us. Maybe it's just a conversation about something that's important to either one that has nothing to do with Scripture, but we know you're there. So join us in these conversations, Lord. Be with us. Walk with us. Guide us in the words. Let us hear each other. Let us hear the passions of others. Let us find the way to their heart and 
Let us leave the seeds in there that will will grow and lead them to that relationship with Christ, or that matter, a deeper relationship with Christ. This is an amazing time of opportunity, Lord, and, and you are doing incredible works of awakening your children. We are a remnant, and we are just constantly seeking that deeper relationship with you. And we just pray that we can continue to find it and dig for it and in the process share it. Let it live within us. Let it be the light light within us that people can't resist. And give us the humility and give us the temperance that when a stranger comes and starts talking that we take time to talk. Not to be set off because of how someone's dressed or by some unknown fear. Because we know that if it's something evil, you'll show us. But if somebody just wants to engage with us, Lord, just open our eyes and our ears to hear and see what you need us to see. To have that conversation the way you want it. So that something happens for you, not for me, but for you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, Father, for all. Humbled before you, heart open, openly acknowledging our imperfections. Yet so happy to be in such a time as this. To be part of such an amazing transformation. To see you again beaming and glowing in so many people's hearts. How blessed that is. Guide us and protect us. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. A wonderful time to be alive. So patriots, look for the opportunity to engage. It's a beautiful time to talk to people. Bring them closer. It's good. Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil, never relent. Always press into the fight. Right now, our prayers are powerful bridges and bridge builders, and we need a lot of bridge building. There's just so many that have been severed and separated from Christ and from Father. And if we can build the bridges to bring them back, what a greater gift that would be. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God will always win. We have a principal job of trusting in him, absolute trust. And we also have a mission for this time, for this place, in, for such a time as this. Occupy the land, expand the kingdom, mission forward. All right, patriots, I'll see you tomorrow afternoon for Bended Knee, 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern. Until then or until the next time, God bless. Good night. Thank you. And out for now. All this time we had to prove that we could stand here too. All the nights been pushing through, fight for all we had to lose. Reaching out for something to pull us up to the level ground. Oh, I can see it now, I can see it now We're on the edge of our moment
sun sets down over the hill where the lost got found. Reaching through somehow. Oh, you're an island when the world is too loud. When the seasons change, I know the space between us will stay the same. Resting on this faith, when your soul answers calls far away. Thank、you.